The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you are listening to another episode of The Crowncast. And uh, it's a post-react. <laughs> and it's so... It's so depressing. It's so it's so sad. Uh, and we're going to tell you all about why it's uh, sad. And here to join me to do that this time is a guest from the CLTFC podcast. It's Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, Logan. How you doing, man? I am probably better than you. Uh, not like in a in a spiritual sense or anything like a larger sense. Just I took my holiday vacation with my family mm. and we went away to the mountains and I just watched this game on the television, whereas ah. you had to go and experience the disappointment in person. Is that correct? That is correct. We were here at Jodas, and it was a great atmosphere. Beautiful, beautiful park. Um, you know, just loved everything. Not everything, but most everything about the, the actual atmosphere and the things. They, they do a good job here. But yeah, yeah the game, <laughs> that's a different story. They do a good job of ruining dreams is uh, what I'm going to say. You know, I, I had in the, the chat, because I think the best things that have come out of this particular match are going to be the memes. I think if we get any joy out of this, it's going to be the, the very clever ways in which people express their sadness. Josh in the chat was talking to me about the fact that, like, this team has a unique way of disappointing people that Charlotte FC is the only team maybe in the world that, that can just give you so much hope and then rip it away. And I'm starting to wonder, is Charlotte FC just like a quantum computer that has built the perfect, like hope crushing machine? Nick, you know, what are your thoughts on this theory? Oh, I, I don't know if I believe in that theory. I think I think they are on the cusp of some things. And that's what happens when teams are close to that level. You know, you're you're gonna break some hearts, you're gonna you're gonna feel like, you know, you should get more than than they they actually get or they actually, you know, earned. Um and you know, when when you're that close to it, I think that's that's what you see a lot of. That's why we've seen so many draws this year. That's why we've seen so many games that we should have three points and we don't because they're that close. And I don't think now it's missing pieces. I don't think now it's it's you know personnel. I don't think it's injuries. I think it's just time. And if you think about it, I still have haven't lost since besides Miami and leagues play, but MLS since. July 21st. And then before that, you're just looking at two back-to-back games against Philly and um, and Columbus that, you know, that kind of, you know, those are, those are the areas where we're not losing. Otherwise, you're in games, and now they're actually starting to control some more games, which we had not seen. Yeah, th- these last three games have come with a lot more control. Uh, I-, I won't lie. I'm not in a super positive mental space at the moment. Uh, this is one that I, you know, when that Scott Arfield goal went in, especially because Scotty's starting to ring them up from that that distance, you know, it, he's starting mm-hmm. to show that he can reliably hit the target dangerously from range, which I think teams need. Uh, yeah. When when Arfield hit that one, I was 
I, I was like, yes, surely this time. And, right. and right. it just, it just, no, I was, me. I just looked and I was like, holy cow, like, did we just win this? And yeah. then I was like, well, there's still extra time. So you never know. Yep. And somehow uh, Mukhtar's going to get a penalty kick. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Let's go ahead and go into the the players that we feel like. I think we're going to do one crowd and, and one card a piece this time. Uh, I'm going to go to you and I'm going to say, would you like to start on the lower notes and talk about the people who didn't impress? Or you want to start on the higher notes and give out crowns? Uh, let's start on the low end. I'd like to end on the high Awesome. So we'll start on Lewin. All right. So uh, hard. Uh, yes. DJ. I don't yep. think DJ was where he needed to be tonight. Um, you know, his spacing is okay. I mean, he had to guard some stuff, but I just felt like he wasn't part of the offensive flow and he wasn't pressing like he had been the last couple games. And maybe it was on purpose because they were dropping him back to to cover some people. But I just felt like he was out of rhythm, and I was glad they made the change because they just needed someone to, to kind of have more of a, um, a quicker pace. Plus, the game was so fast. Um, I don't know if you felt that way watching it on television, but at the stadium, I mean, it was it was a fast moving game as far as passes, thoughts. There was like no time to think. Yeah, it wasn't to me like the game felt fast. It felt like Charlotte FC was slow. Um, and one of the the players that I do think struggles as the game speeds up is Derek Jones. And I think that when we saw on that left side, he had uh, Diagora in that space, who is really capable mm-hmm. of just being like a multi-tool of a human being, which it's amazing how much. I mean, this guy played like one and a half games for us, and I miss him already. Like, oh, I mean, <laughs> you realize right away what skills he has and how it makes up for other people's not as skillful actions. Yeah. Diagora moved at a very quick pace of play and he was capable of handling himself in himself in a lot of situations. And I think now that he's not there, we're seeing Derek Jones a little bit more lost in the waters. And so I think this is a really good call out on Derek Jones. I think he did a couple of things. Well, you know, I do think at, in general, he does a pretty good job of cutting out passing lanes. And I do think we still saw that yield some success in Charlotte FC's game tonight. I think it was a big part of how we managed to keep the pressure on that we kept. But DJ is not known for turning off. DJ is known for sort of just being a solid rock. And that moment where he had the ball clear and well away at his feet and just didn't check his shoulder and gets the ball right. taken off of him. I mean, it, it was one of them that, like, I double-checked that it was DJ. Right. Uh, that that player doesn't do that. I mean, MLS players don't do that. MLS mm-hmm. players don't have the ball at, at, for that much time and just not bother to check their shoulder. It, yeah. was, it was a rough game from DJ. I think his tempo of passing is something we've talked about extensively on the Crowncast, that he doesn't zip the ball. He mm-hmm. rolls the ball. He yeah. And in this league, you have to be able to move the ball faster than that. And I think having Carroll swarming around him and having uh, Brant swarming around him and having Ashley Westwood swarming around him and having uh, Brecht swarming around him, he had four or five players around him that were moving very quickly. Mm-hmm. And he got to 
give away some of that responsibility. And right. suddenly out on the out on the left side, he didn't have that outlet. And I think it it showed some of his weakness that we really shouldn't be surprised about when he get pushed when he got pushed further up the field. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like he's a bit of a victim of of where he was played today? And we just saw his highlight reel of, of negative, or do you feel like this is just bad? I think I was in a little mix of both. I think he had a bad game, but I think he was asked to do differently. I mean, because Mukhtar was dropping. And so when mm-hmm. Mukhtar drops, now he has a different responsibility. And that offensive mind might have been taken away because he's like, oh gosh, I got to cover this guy and make sure because we were, you know, basically we had three in the back the way we were shifting. So I felt like he, he probably was not as much that forward attack thinking like he was in Orlando. Yeah. And LAFC. Uh, definitely a player I want to see more from, especially considering how well he's done it in the last couple games. I think I'm going to go into my card and this one hurts me because I don't think he's had a lot of time in that position, but it's such a stark difference. My card is going to go to Kamal Yuzhviak who Mm -hmm. starts on that left and brought nothing to the table. Is that too harsh? (laughs) No, I didn't. I almost forgot he played. Yeah. And he he started. And I I do think it was, you know, we've questioned Christian Latanzio at times about him not making changes that need to be made. I think he makes three pretty good changes in this game early on with time to affect them. But one of them that needed to happen, another one is Derek Jones, but one of them that needed to happen was Kamal Yushviak. And I struggle with this because this could very easily just be a guy who hasn't played in a while on a side that he's not familiar with this new strategy, this new methodology of playing. But Kamil and Carol play together. Something like 30% of the goals that Carol scores, Kamil is involved in, in one, in some way, shape or form. They know how to play together. Yeah. And, I was really expecting that with with the way that we have seen Carroll not force himself over, but but lean over to the left and take up that space on the left. I was expecting them to become a really dynamic duo, and I got nothing. I got I got emptiness. I got no movement up that wing. And you'll notice that because we got no movement up that wing, the right wing was completely shut down. No, I don't think Bender had a great game either, but. When, I when think the ball Bender went was out. a step too slow tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, but when we went out to the right, there were four people over there defending it. Whereas in previous mm-hmm. games, we have seen space getting earned, getting bought on the right. And maybe the way you said it, that this game just happened fast. I mean, maybe Nashville was just faster. They were just capable of moving quicker than Charlotte FC, which I think is weird to say because... Charlotte FC probably did enough that if they had won this game, we could have said it was earned. You know, mm-hmm. we could have said it wasn't just luck. Um, any any final thoughts on Kamil? I I just feel like I thought his one of his strengths was moving the ball in open space and creating something. And he had several moments of that. You know, you can create, you have a space, you have that whole left side. Are you going to break it in early? Are you going to go down the line? 
and he wasn't really doing that. It was almost like he just stopped. It was like he was afraid to go forward enough to penetrate like the the box if he needed to. It was it was almost as if there was like a wall there. It was more mental than anything because it wasn't the way they were defending him. I mean, he could have gone lots of ways. So, I wonder how much he's a confidence player. And I really mean that because we've seen him come into games and just shred people. Mm-hmm. And we've also seen him come into games and, and be absent. And I wonder how much of his ability to impact the game is is where he's at mentally. Do you Have you seen any? Yeah, or, or... I, I, I would agree with that. I would say Carol is also one of those players. Carol needs that confidence, that boost, like, hey, I'm doing good. Things are happening. And then all of a sudden he gets more on fire. So I think both of them and that's probably why you're seeing like you know neither of them really had an outstanding time and so they both kind of lagged in that area and that just kind of made not much happen when they were touching the ball to each other yeah and i i don't think that we should we should rightfully say hey these two players were awful and everyone else was great and they're the reason this didn't go off there oh, were a lot of all. people who did not come to fruition. We're just we're just holding on two cards right now, uh, right? And I mean, Carol, even on his, even on this day, like Carol on his, you know, not so good days, he still does lots of good things. You know, it's just it's not Carol being Carol. It's Carol having a, an off time or not being as aggressive or, or maybe um, uh, holding his his. Uh, his ground as much. I felt like he got pushed a little bit more tonight than he usually does. Yeah, he definitely got pushed around a bit. I'm going to go ahead and move us to crowns. All right. I'm going to take the first crown because I'm excited to see this out of this player. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Adils and Melanda because we have moved up to a, a formation that is aggressive. It's pressing, it's attacking, it's free flowing movements. And in order to create those free-flowing, it's late, guys, I'm sorry, free-flowing movements up the pitch, you often have to sacrifice midfielders, meaning midfielders have to be willing to leave their hole and go further up the field in order to create overloads, to create new lanes of attack and passing options. That leaves a huge burden on defenders, specifically your two center backs. And Adilson Melanda is somebody who, when we were sitting really deep, and, you know, in games earlier in the season where people were really didn't look great. Mm-hmm. He looked like a player who was almost lost in the chaos. And now we see this totally different player who, when he's in these big, wide open spaces, was there ever a duel that Adilson Melanda was in going back that you weren't like, nah, it's fine. He's got it. Right. And he saved a bunch, too, that it, he wasn't even a part of, but he just came out of nowhere and was like, all right, they're not scoring. There there was a time where he was beat, and he didn't bother. I say he didn't bother. He chased back. But you can see in the replay, it's I was screaming out loud in thanks at Christian Kalina actually leaving his goal. And this is the one where the ball went over the top and Christian Kalina came yeah. out and cleared it like a yard away. And right. you can see in the replay, Adilson Melanda is telling Christian Kalina, this is when you come. Adilson right. Melanda is is being the guy. He's 
orchestrating. He's telling people where to go. And Christian Kalina, who we have been complaining about and talking about and and saying, this guy can't just rely on one-on-ones, Adilson Milanda is the one looking at him and going, no, you step up now. Right, right? this is your ball. Yeah, and 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 you, you see it. Watch it back. Christian Kalina stutters, and he does not go until Adilson Milanda looks at him and goes, what are you doing? <laughs> Right, right. Like point at this, like, I'm not getting this. You better get this. Uh, So I think it was a really good showing from Adilza Milanda. I think we got a highlight of what he's great at. And I think he's one of those rare players that the more space you give him to cover, the better he gets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was, he was my crown. I mean, you, you took the same one that I was thinking just because it just, it glowed. Like it just came out very blatantly you know i feel like the defense in itself really did a a nice job tonight um you know i always nathan Byrne. always you know there's always something with nathan Byrne. like he'll have a stellar game and then something will happen like oh man nate but i thought nate you know if if we want to add an alternate one of the crown i would say um Actually, you I know mean, what? We, I'll switch we don't it. have to add an alternate. You still have a crown to give out. Yeah, I know. You gave out. Well, I mean, I would give it the crown. I would give out to a deal because he played that way. He played that well. You know, yeah, and but, I don't want but, to not take that away from him. But yeah, if we're given, if I'm giving out, and I guess since you already gave him one, see, it's hard to give it to Burn just because of just those other it little sucks, things, doesn't it? Because he had an yeah, amazing so, game like, except for one moment. Right. If you'd like, so like, I how think, do you not do that? I can give you a recommendation. Yeah. And that is, I think Ashley Westwood probably deserves a crown. Uh, And I do think Nathan Byrne probably deserves a crown, even with the the penalty, because I don't necessarily think it's a penalty. (laughs) I don't either. I thought it was closer to a, not necessarily a, well, yeah, it could have gone either way, in my opinion. And from what I saw and replays and stuff like that. So I'm like, why is that even called if it's, so, if it could be. So how about this? And maybe we'll like collaborate on this one. Let's collectively okay. agree for now, because this is supposed to be the emotion podcast. This is not the like the super <laughs> analytical. This is the, the analytical one, pissed, one, right? right? Like I am right. mad. Uh, and I still, you know, if you're okay with my working with you on this one, you're Let's fine. just agree that Nathan Byrne did not deserve a penalty there. That his actions were, did not deserve a penalty because he, he gets the crown. In, then, yeah, he steps in front of his man, and mm-hmm. he has a right to that space. And he doesn't lean into the player; he just stops, and he has a right to stop in that space. He stops. He does not lean into the player. He does not push the player. The player goes through him and falls down, and the referee calls it a penalty. And I don't think that's penalty. So, just for now, let's talk about how amazing Nathan Byrne was. You go ahead. (laughs) So, Nate was everywhere. What I loved about what he was able to do was more on the offensive end. His defense, he was just feisty as ever. But what I loved is that he, he was taking that opportunity where that space was and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to dribble right through here because somebody's going to have to take me. And then I have all of these options. And they weren't expecting that. And so I think that each time, and even Milanda did that, but each time our defenders found that space, 
and especially Nate did it several times. You know, he would dribble to the middle, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, who are we supposed to cover here? And that created chances, but then doesn't mean we, we finished them, but it definitely added a dimension to Nate's game that I hadn't seen in a while, and maybe because he hadn't had to play that role, maybe it was because he was at right back, you know, which he we know he, he feels, excuse me, yeah, he was at right back. Maybe because he feels more comfortable there. I don't know. But uh, I, I just, I liked what I saw there. And, you know, he's just, he's a, he's a really interesting guy. Plus, I love watching his face. Have you ever watched his expressions? Like no, Nate's no, expressions whenever he is out there, like whether he's happy or, or just upset or just angry or something like that, his facial expressions are the best. It's just so fun to watch. That that is a good one. I'm going to have to start watching it. I and like I said, for all the listeners out there who who are listening to this one and they're like, Nathan Byrne gave away a penalty. How you dare how dare you give him a crown? We totally get it. We understand. Uh, but he lit up the field today. And <clears throat> unfortunately, he also lights it on fire at the end. But he he went out and he dominated space in a way that was reminiscent of the Nathan Byrne who proved me wrong last season. That that my history of Nathan Byrne is very up and down. And when he came in, I was like, why did we buy this guy? He's too old. He can't fit the fullback slot. I don't think he has the pace to compete. He is he's coming into a space where we had talent already that uh, I rated. And he came in, and in his first five, six, seven games in a row, he was just dominant. He was imperious. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have the foot speed to, uh, to to compete with some of these wingers. And I was watching him today because I thought his matchup was going to be a particularly dangerous one. And he handled it really well. And he was going back to the way he was handling things last season, where he had the space and right. he positioned so well when he was he was so good at getting back from offensive presses. He was so good at making sure that he was in a position where even though he maybe wasn't the physically dominant uh, mm-hmm. person, he was always going to be first to the ball. Uh, and really, with the exception of the one moment, he was the standout player today. And I think if the call had not landed on him, he would have gotten man of the match. I'll right. be perfectly honest with you. I mean, and I, and his defense, if you look back, look at the angles that he forces them to create. He he did a lot tonight to squash their angles from things coming on that left side. They were just, you know, he would either block them or he would just force them that they didn't have anything, so they had to regroup and do something differently. And I think, like a lot of time, just that kind of note knowledge and IQ of understanding where you have to be in order to force based on where your other guys are covering. You know, that's just one of those things you just do innately. And, you know, it just seemed to work really well tonight with how Nate was playing. Yeah. Uh, and again, it, it's, it just kills us. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and move on because I, I think at this point in time, we can go ahead into our final thoughts. This is going to be a little bit of a short one, but honestly, I I'm, don't particularly want to keep thinking about this game. So, uh, Nick, what are going to be your final thoughts for the day? My final thoughts are the two things that I said in those last 10 minutes when 
I was in the press box. I, I wish I could have screamed them, but our field's goal, I was like, holy moly. And then two minutes later, I was like, unbelievable. <laughs> that's 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 kind of what it was. It was it was that kind of game. It's like, wow, especially that second half. I was like, we are controlling. I mean, if you look at the momentum meters, like we just had we had the momentum. We 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 forced the will, as as Latanzio would like to say. Um, we didn't finish, but also Nashville's known for for their defense kind of minded, packing it in type thing to not allow those kind of things. So yeah, I would say goal, holy moly, thank you for taking a shot from from outside, Scotty Arfield. And <laughs> yep. then um and then unbelievable, like, okay, just like you said, this happened again. What? Uh, my my final thoughts are going to be Charlotte FC is making a clown out of a lot of us that seem to believe they can win. <laughs> I I really I, I you know that might sound harsh, but it's how I feel in the moment. And I'm sure I'll get to Wednesday, and I will feel much more positive. You know, you talked about the fact that this is a team who could potentially be on the edge of being quite good, but yeah. it ultimately this is a team who has thrown away points just time and time and time and time and time and time again. And it's not just recently. It's been throughout this whole season. We give away stupid goals. We don't defend things. We let balls go in through seven people who just nobody go up and jump for to give away points. We give away stupid penalties in the box in the dying minutes of games. We put own goals in off of our own deflections. We, If this team is just moments from greatness or just a few a few paces from greatness it's got a lot of tripping over its own feet it's going to have to figure out first and i i'm sad to say it but at this point in time every time i believe charlotte fc can win i end up looking like a clown and it's it's frustrating and i think if you are a listener and you're frustrated you have a right to be so so i wanted that voice to go out there uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Not the most positive of episodes, but not the most positive of games. Uh, Nick, you know, first and foremost, you also have the CLTFC podcast where you guys can go uh, and listen to some really, really cool interviews. And thank you so yeah. much for for joining us today. Oh, uh, sure, appreciate it. Yeah, y'all. If you do have a chance, check out. I we interviewed the head athletic director for Charlotte FC, Tyler Knight. That was really good talking to him and learning a lot about all the metrics and things that they do with technology and just tracking players and helping understand how to help them perform better. So it's pretty cool. So if you want to check it out, thank you. Yeah. Uh, And uh, my name is Logan. Thank you for your time. If you have decided to spend it with us, we love you. And uh, if you want to find us online, you can find us on Instagram at the underscore crown underscore cast on Twitter at the underscore crown cast. And that's it, baby. We will talk to you again on Wednesday. Goodbye. Queen city podcast network.com.